Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lodges Podcast. This is episode 14 with Rock Esports. The two founders, John and Cody, join me on the podcast from Miami, Florida, uh, to talk about Rock Esports, how it got started, where they're at right now, and the different things that they have going on. Um, aside from their actual business and everything that they have going on, we also talk some general gaming and esports with some passions and interests that they have. So it's an awesome episode. It's the first time that I've had two guests on the show at the same time. So there's a lot of conversation going on. It was cool for me to have two different people on and, and get to hear from each one of them. So it was a fun episode. I really enjoyed recording it and I hope that you guys enjoy it as well. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the lodges podcast this is episode 14 uh thank you again to all of our current listeners that have been checking in sending me messages on instagram um liking posts on linkedin and and keeping up wherever you're keeping up with the podcast content i really appreciate all of the listeners if you're a new listener to the podcast um welcome i hope you guys enjoy this as well as much as our current ones do Um, If you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, uh, we will read that comment or question on the next episode. And so uh, say, for example, that you've got a question for either of our guests today. Uh, If you go leave that that comment in the review, we'll we'll redirect that uh, to the guest today or whoever it might be and and get your question answered on the podcast. So I do that so that we can make this be an interactive experience. Um, both from our guests on here and also from any listeners that that want to get involved. So we have another great episode in store today. We have the guys from Rock Esports down in Miami, Florida, that will be joining us. Um, so I got introduced to both Cody and John through a friend down in Miami uh, that is also has a passion for gaming and esports. Um, he showed me their page. Uh, through Instagram and and everything they're doing. And it really sparked my interest. And I thought that they were doing some cool things. Uh, So this is also interesting because I've yet to have two guests on the podcast. So this will be fun. But uh, John and Cody, thank you both for for coming on. Thank you for having us, man. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So Cody or John, whichever one of you two wants to start, just kind of give us, you know, your five minute personal story where you grew up where you're from that whole sort of thing no for sure i mean i'll start well my name is cody um i'm the ceo and co-founder of rock esports and just to give the you want us to start from like childhood days or yeah yeah that sounds good all right well for the listeners out there um i mean i grew up uh, i always loved video games from a young age because i had a very like family oriented style that got really involved in gaming from my cousins and my uncles and all of that, um, you know, starting off on GameCubes and old Nintendos, going on to Xboxes, playing Call of Duty, playing Halos, the OGs. And um, growing up, I just, you know, really was a huge homebody and like to stay home, play games and didn't really get too involved in any like social life. Um, but 
you know, this is where my passion was and this is what I love to do. I love to play video games and I love playing them competitively and for fun as a social thing to play with my friends. So, I mean, I did that all the way through high school pretty much. And I wasn't like the party goer or the marijuana smoker or anything. <laughs> but, you know, um, a lot changed after high school. Um, I got to college and I started focusing on my education. I did my first semester at FIU and I loved it and I did well. And then after that, I joined a social fraternity, Pi Kappa Phi. And I got really involved on, you know, just being social, meeting new people, going out there, talking to different people, getting involved on campus, getting involved in philanthropy, getting involved in, you know, going to parties and having lots of friends and doing that kind of thing. So during my college years, I kind of dropped gaming and um, I just enjoyed, you know, my youth and having fun and being with friends and doing stupid things. <laughs> and um, I studied international business while I was there. I got my bachelor's at FIU and it wasn't until my last semester at FIU, maybe the last year at FIU, where I started getting a, a little back into gaming. And um, I was doing an internship my last semester, and that's where I just decided, you know, I don't really want to work for someone else, and I kind of wanted to do my own thing. And that eventually led up to the creation of Rock with my co-founder, John, and getting more back into my passion of gaming and starting a business from it. So yeah. that's my that's my quick little life story. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. I can actually kind of relate with you because I was the same way in college. I didn't like drop gaming, but I get what you're saying. I wasn't for a couple of years. I kind of like what you were saying, enjoyed the social life and that whole sort yeah. of thing. Cool. Uh, John, same thing for you. If you just want to, you know, give us your quick five minute rundown just to give the listeners a, a bit of context. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm Miami born and raised, like been here all my life. I used to live, uh, like Miami lakes area until I was like 10. Um, and that's where I kind of like really picked up gaming because we would have a Super Nintendo, we would have a PlayStation, you know, WWE Raw or WWF because it wasn't WWE back then. Um, you know, just playing games, running PlayStation, Tony Hawk Underground, like just the classics, you know, like that's kind of what really got me into gaming. Uh, but my parents were pretty strict. Like my dad's military. He's uh, now he's a lieutenant colonel in the army. And so they made sure that we were always like active, like playing baseball or playing soccer, doing some kind of sport, being outside. So it was like a good balance between gaming, you know, being physical, I guess you could say. But honestly, every time, like at the end of the day, everything that I always wanted to go back to was like gaming. Like I always wanted to go home and play like a video game. I never wanted to go home and play like more baseball or more soccer. And that's kind of how I knew um, gaming was kind of like my passion. Uh, then kind of like similar to Cody where... I got into college, I, uh, I was gaming for a while, and then my junior year, I, I kind of was like, you know, I don't really know anybody in college, so um, I joined the social fraternity Pi Kappa Phi, and funny enough, Cody and I were in the same pledge class, like, we were, we did it at the same time, basically, and throughout that time, like, gaming kind of took a backseat, it was just, you know, the partying, being social, being on campus, being a part of all the campus life activities, like, that's kind of what brought me out of my shell. Because I was kind of sheltered, you know, like a lot more gaming and sports. And I didn't really socialize that much with like other high school um, friends. 
I kind of like mm-hmm. was friends with them in high school. And then after school was over, you know, I went to do either some sports or play video games at home. Um, and, you know, after doing the whole social fraternity life, getting out of it, you know, getting into the adult world, it's kind of like time to pick up gaming again because you kind of become a homebody again. You don't want to spend as much money, as much time out. And you kind of get to know and get to be closer with those uh, those gamer friends again. You know, those long lost friends that you used to have when you were 14, 13, 14 years old that are hitting you back up after like three years of being inactive playing video games, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. For real. No, that's cool. It's not, that's funny, though, hearing both of your stories. It sounds like both of you guys kind of, you know, the social life was kind of missing at the beginning. And you guys both got to college, both were in the same fraternity and, and that whole sort of thing all kind of on one the same so that's that's interesting um yeah did you guys i mean i remember when i was like 14 did you guys used to have like i mean we used to go over to like friend's house and i mean we'd be up till you know six in the morning playing games like putting the we used to put like sheets like under the door frames you know what i'm saying so that the light wouldn't go on yeah (laughs) all the time dude that that shit was like guaranteed like there was so there was one house on the block where i lived that had a sega dreamcast and we would go there to play like Marvel versus Capcom uh, 2, like all the time, like literally all the time. There were these Filipino kids um, <laughs> and they were their parents were so dope because they loved having us over. They would always let us like hang out, play. Um, and then they would never really kick us out. We would just kind of get bored and go outside and, you know, just fucking play like kickball yeah. or, or football or something, you know? Yeah. No, that's the funny thing. It, the because uh, the same thing was you know the parents that let you play the video games. Like my parents were strict and they would like cap us. But like you're saying, we would eventually like after a couple hours, be like, all right, let's like go outside and do something anyways, just because we wanted to. Um, so that's funny. Uh, all right, cool, cool. And so let's move into. So you guys both kind of talked about you know gaming when you were younger. Um, we've got your stories. And so for your guys' friendship, like you were both saying, did it kind of start in that fraternity? Or, you know, I think it'd be interesting to hear why did you guys pick one another to go into business with, you know, when you can pick anybody? I think that'd be cool to hear. Yeah, the friendship definitely did start because of the fraternity. But, you know, as just time went on and as we got to know each other, we just worked really well with each other. And we, um, I was an executive board member of the fraternity, and one of my responsibilities was to plan, like, the annual formal. And for that, John was, like, my right-hand man, man on planning it. We ended up planning, like, a formal on a $40 million yacht and raised an insane oh, wow. amount of money in a month <laughs> and through this crazy event. And we both just grinded and were together, you know, making calls, making sure people were paying, making sure everything was going smooth, doing everything we can to make this event happen. And it was kind of that that really, like, um, showed how well we did work together. So when, you know, this business opportunity came up in the future, we already had that, like, experience working with each other and getting things done. Um, So it was just like... We already knew we were a good match um, from just like the past and everything we did together in that fraternity. Yeah, it was crazy. We would be up to like two in the morning, three in the morning with spreadsheets just going over like how many people paid, who paid on time, who didn't pay on time, who was getting charged for not paying on time. Um, you know, we organized an after party. We organized transportation for after the formal event. It was it was an insane amount of planning and an insane amount of like getting people to do stuff. Same and, amount of work. Yeah, it's just an insane <laughs> yeah. amount of work. Like, 
I don't know how we pulled it off, but we did. And that was easily the, one of the most satisfying things. Um, one of the most satisfying moments for us. And it, it was crazy because when we first met, we didn't know that we both played video games. It was kind of like, it was around that time when video games were still like kind of taboo. Like yeah. you knew people played video games, but um, you didn't really talk about it. You weren't like, oh yeah, I, I used to play WoW or I used to play, I played League of Legends all the time. And funny enough, that's kind of what started it. Like we started playing League of Legends together. Um, Cody was like diamond at the time and I was uh, in plat and we were just, he was like, you're the best league player that I know. So let's like run through <laughs> rank and just let's let's do it, you know? And that's kind of where we got the like the small interactions, just becoming closer friends. Because at the at, if you were to ask us when we first met each other if we would be as close as we are now, like I don't think we would have foreseen it. Yeah, no, and that's cool because I get what you're saying. You know, a lot of the times a couple of years ago, if you were to bring up video games, you would have to be selective with you know who you were talking about it with. Yeah, yeah. Or everyone would like, just kind of even me personally, I would never tell anyone that I was a gamer, even though I was one of the biggest gamers from middle school all through high school and you know like my friends and other people would know me as this nasty gamer at school but barely anyone knew that nor would I flaunt it or talk about it (laughs) yeah and now it's like a completely different age where it's like what the hell you don't play video games what the hell do you do (laughs) yeah I could imagine all the people in middle school high school like what you're not playing this new game that just came out or you're not playing Fortnite, trying to get millions of dollars what are yeah. you doing <laughs> yeah no i have a i have a 11 year old sister and so last year during the fall semester when i mean Fortnite's so obviously hot but you know Fortnite was kind of reaching its peak and all that she would you know tell my brothers and i all the time that you know the cool kids at school were the kids that could do the Fortnite dances or the ones that were like good at the game and i was just like this is not at all how it was <laughs> when we were younger <laughs> for um, real and go ahead go ahead oh no i was just gonna say if it was like if being nasty at video games was like something to be cool at in high school so many different people would be cool (laughs) yeah yeah definitely um something i did want to touch on though that i think is interesting about you know you guys going to businesses a lot of the time you hear people will warn or some people think it can be dangerous to go into business with friends but i think that's cool that you guys felt that connection um and that compatibility to to trust one another and go into it with each other um so that's pretty cool to see you know um Mm -hmm. so let's talk a bit then about the actual origin story of rock so what led you guys or you know what sparked the idea to start this whole thing cody and Fortnite. (laughs) literally it was literally like that story that i was saying where you know i was doing an internship getting that work experience trying to build my resume before graduating college and you know i just needed like a resume booster so i could apply to other jobs after i graduated and not kind of have like a bunch of empty space and um it was in that time of the internship where the at least I, i was gonna say the gaming industry but Fortnite was really just popping off and it was really evident where like esports was going and it's been pretty clear like over the last few years but you know Fortnite really just like put it on a pedestal kind of thing and um we watched Tifu and Cloak win 500k each they pulled in a mill together and after seeing that I was like all right uh, I want to start this esport thing up in Miami I want to have our own center, and then we got into talks of, you know, doing a bar, 
And I pretty much put it in a group chat, and John, the gamer he is, was the only one that reached out to me. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was just like the normal startup type thing where, you know, you're just going over each other's houses and start planning, start right. writing things down, start doing sheets, start calculating. And since then, we're still that startup. We work out of our garage like half the time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, um, but it's just something we're so passionate about and there's no scene here in Miami. So we really just wanted to start it up and get things moving. And we both just we started talking and we started talking a lot about it and we started even talking more about it. And then we just like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, the biggest thing was like trying to figure out like part of the planning phase was like, all right, where's the scene at? Like, is there a community in South Florida? How easy is it to, to get to? Um, and it was really hard to figure out who was hosting gaming tournaments, where they were hosting gaming tournaments. It was like super underground. You had to be part of Facebook groups or you have to be invited to, to like certain, group chats to just be able to interact with the community yeah. because like that's there's no smash pretty yeah, much that's literally only for smash and it's crazy because like if you're not in the know then you're not going to have a successful event because they're not going to take you seriously yeah so we we had to do all this digging and figuring out where the community was and f- what we realized is that there was no community and so in order to have a successful business we had to build the community before we could build a physical brick and mortar store because like there's no community for the store the store is ultimately going to fail right. so um we decided to do like pop-up events at local bars and breweries and i had a connection with lincoln's beard which is where t- still to today we're hosting tournaments like our last tournament was just hosted there and um we kind of just went in there asked like hey would you guys be interested in something like this and they were all for it like they were down 100 percent. they wanted to do something to bring more people in on sundays um so it was at that point that we realized like all right now we need to get equipment you know we have a place that's willing to work with us um let's focus on getting some equipment together what's the minimum that we need and we made our first order like in no- november of last year i want to say like that was when we initially began the, the planning of our first event right and so let's talk about that for a second because I think that'd be interesting. How did that go? You know, how many people did you guys have come out? Was there, did you guys have anxiety leading up to that excitement? You know, kind of what, what were you guys feeling? Our first event was great. Uh, we actually sold out completely of all our tickets that wow. we had on sale. And we were working with um, a marketing company. We were just getting consulting from like a friend and his boss. And it was really funny because you know it was a first event they they just expected like yo sell these out let all your friends know about it and get them to get tickets and you know let's sell out this event it's gonna be the first event it's gonna be awesome and we actually did the exact opposite where we you know we told friends about it but we weren't really pushing it like that because we didn't want this community to just be like a business that's um you know put on the back of your friends Mm-hmm. And we wanted it to be a community where, like, the the target audience that we want is actually interacting in it. Because, you know, if our friends were gamers, they would be helping with the business side of it because they would be passionate about it. But right. they're not gamers. You know, they like sports. They have different interests. They have different things going on. They have jobs that they have to worry about. We really wanted to sell out our first event by, you know, just getting people that are actual gamers. And it was great because we marketed it out 
and random people we've never ever seen met heard about came to the event and it was awesome like, they were excited it was it, yeah. the atmosphere was electric like there was at least 200 people there at the event we sold 80 competitive tickets so like Dang. we had 32 i think for super smash bros like 16 for for fifa 16 for like 2k or madden and then we had another like 32 on fortnite 32 for fortnite yeah it was it was wow. a lot of people and we sold 80 tickets it was it was insane man yeah that was yeah. our goal and we we capped it off at 80 tickets and it was just dope man it was yeah it was a dope event no that's cool that's cool too i think it's important that you guys didn't it's almost like you didn't want to extend so much to your friends um and, and that you guys wanted a unique audience and you know people that were actually were interested to come in i think i've even heard before like i think scooter braun was like talking about it one time um and he was talking about how when you're pushing out, you know, whenever you're a co-founder to a new startup or whatever, to not push it out to family and friends um, yeah. to truly measure how you're doing and, you know, that whole sort of thing. And a lot of people, you know, easily push it out to their family and friends because it's usually, you know, a good response back. Right. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. that you guys kind of were conservative in that area. Um, yeah, it's, it's an echo chamber. You know, your family and friends are going to tell you what you want to hear. Like, right. Very rarely are they going to tell you something you don't want to hear. So it's. It's hard to find those people that are going to give you real feedback that are, is going to help and real customers like that have no idea who you are and have no interest in you as a person. Like honest, I'd like saying it honestly, like they honestly genuinely don't care about who we are as long as the event is a success. Right. And honestly, as long as we provide them a successful event, that's that's a win for rock. You know, it's everything we do is for for the gamers, for the community. Um, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a good mindset to have, though, especially in the gaming community. Um, so let's I want to talk about the, you know, putting on the event. So like for the listeners, if they haven't caught up yet, you know, so Rocky Sports puts on pop up style tournaments um, real quick. I know we're going to talk about this later, but you guys can just go ahead and say what kind of games do you guys feature in most of your events. Like what are your typical games? Um, generally, we run a, a one sports game. So like a FIFA, 2K, a Madden. Well, we were for a while we were trying to run a uh, fighting game like Mortal Kombat and then Super Smash Bros. Because Super Smash Bros. The community down here for for Super Smash Bros. is insane. There's a very huge pro scene. Like there's a a world ranked number 26 or 27 uh, ranked player in the world is down here in South Florida and he he goes to all of our events. Um, he's actually there like quite often and plays against all the top players. We're we're power ranked or PR'd. Uh, which just basically means that it it counts for something. Uh, so when people come out to the Smash events, they're competing for their their ranking in the South Florida scene. They're not just competing for money. Uh, but we also do games like Fortnite, Apex, CS:GO, um, and the biggest thing is we want to have a game for every style of console, I guess you could say. Like we right. run PC games for our we run shooters on PCs. Because that's the optimal way to run a shooter, a competitive shooter game. You know, Smash Bros. is always going to be on a Switch because that's the only platform it's available on. And then 2K, FIFA, Madden, like they're run by consoles, PS4s and, and Xboxes. So they're pretty yeah. easy and we want to make sure that we give every single community a chance to play and be competitive in a game. Yeah. No, that's cool. And so talking on that point, then where did you guys, you know, at the beginning and kind of now, where did you guys 
get all the gaming equipment, you know, whether it's the consoles, the monitors, you know, headsets, everything. Where did you guys at the beginning, did you guys put money up up front or, or where did the source for that come from? Yeah, man, we, we had to invest. We had to invest <laughs> our own money that we've been saving up over the years and buy this equipment. And not only that, it was even more rough because we didn't even buy normal equipment. We bought really expensive equipment because we wanted um, all our customers to come in and really get a high-end, competitive, professional feel when coming to a rock event. Um, something that we noticed when going to like other events, when we just started like our scouting and talking times, we're like, oh, we're talking about rock, but let's go scout and see what Miami's doing. And we noticed that people used really subpar equipment. And that was something that we just really wanted to hold ourselves accountable on. And we wanted, you know, I'm not going to have people playing on like a, a 970 Ti graphics card. Like everything's super up to date, really like high end PCs that are going 200 FPS and our monitors are only at 144. So the PCs are outperforming our monitors. And, you know, we just bought our initial set of equipment to start our first tournament. And since then, you know, we've taken all the money and haven't paid we haven't paid ourselves $1 out of anything we've made from Rock. That's crazy. And have just reinvested all of it. And we don't even make much at all from it. But the little that we do have, we keep using that money to improve the next event and improve the next experience for the next customer. The yeah. crazy thing is that um, like, we, we as a as like a collective, we have a couple of Switches and a couple of PC, uh, a couple of Playstations and Xboxes. But we, what we do is we allow the community, like the Smash community, for example, they like to bring their own setups and their own monitors and their own like adapters to play because they feel more comfortable on their own stuff. So we actually, like, people bring their equipment to our tournaments and it just helps make the tournaments go smoother sometimes. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy because I never thought, like, I'm pretty sure Cody pitched that to me once, and I was like, nobody's going to do that. Who wants to take all of their stuff apart and, like, put it back <laughs> together for, like, random people, you know? Like, they have no they have no interest in our tournament. Like, why would they want to do that? But, like, event after event, people walk through the door with monitors and, like, switches and, and setups, just complete setups to walk in and, and yeah. help the tournament get better. It's kind of crazy that um, yeah. the scene is that supportive. No, it, well, and it's funny because if you think about it at like a really, really simple level, like I remember sometimes in high school or, or middle school when we'd go over to a friend's house, and there was a bunch of us going over. If someone had like a PlayStation, but they were short, short like a controller or a game, like you know, we would take it with us. But yeah, you wouldn't in this mindset. It's like you would think differently, but then it's like when you take it down, like really dumb it down. Um, you know, you kind of almost subconsciously did it when you were younger. Um, yeah, it's just part of the culture at that point. It's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I used to do this as a kid. I don't mind doing it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> something I think that's really important that you guys touched on was that you've reinvested most of the money back into the business. And so Lodges, oh, no, all of it, all of you, it, all of it. That's what's up. I like that a lot um, because, you know, Lodges is obviously all about, you know, business management and financial stuff really for the most part. So it's cool to see two young co-founders like yourself that have put money into a business and instead of taking the money that you're generating from that business and trying to give a little bit to each one of you or to whoever, you know, you guys employees are, you're putting that money back into the business and, you know, playing for that long-term gain. And 
I think that's genuine kind of in this day and age with co-founders because, you know, a lot of young, you know, entrepreneurs really just want to like flex and, and kind of have that status. So that's cool to see that you guys, um, are putting it back into the business. Like personally, I really like that a lot. Um, yeah, like we will, we will pay like, um, the people that come and referee our events and stuff like that, but, uh, we won't pay ourselves. Yeah. No, and I mean, eventually, I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but then that's going to allow you guys to build up the business more. And then in the future, you're going to have a more profitable and more efficient business. And then, you know, you guys will have a time for that. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, so the, the money will come eventually. It's more yeah. about just, you know, being, um, how do I say, authentic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. being authentic. Oh, definitely. No. Um, and then, so before we move away from the equipment conversation, so let's talk about... Primus and that sponsorship, you know, kind of for all of our listeners, explain how that started, you know, what it looks like now, what some of the events have been like with having them contribute. Um, yeah, uh, Primus was a really unique opportunity. Um, they pretty much, what Primus is, just to give the listeners an overview, is they make um, gaming headsets, chairs, um, mouses, keyboards, and mouse pads. Um, other than that, they sponsor like different esport teams, and you know they give them their equipment and stuff like that. Like you would see Razer sponsoring a certain team, and th that team uses Razer mouses. It's kind of the same, but with Primus. Um, the only thing is, Primus was focused in Latin America, and they're pretty good size over there, and their teams are Latin American. But um, their offices, some of their offices are here in Miami. And I guess somehow, some way, you know, our event made it to their ear. And they didn't say anything to us. They just walked into the door of the event that was going on. And they said, you know, who's the person in charge? Who can I talk to? And someone brought them to me. And then I had a conversation with one guy. He left. He went to upper management and told them, like, yo, this event was insane. I had such a good time. The energy was amazing. And then that person came to our next event and was like, yo, who do I talk to? And then another guy from Primus coming and talking to me again. And at this point, I guess since it was upper, an upper management guy, he was really impressed with the event, too. And after talking to him, he's like, yo, I'd love to set a time to meet with you guys. You know, come by our office, I'll show you around, let's talk. And I went with one of our other co-founders, Jovi, who came afterwards, and we kind of just see him as a co-founder at this point because he's been with us for so long. Um, and we just talked to them and got to know them, and they were just really interested in getting involved in the gaming uh, community down here because they kind of wanted to... You know, they still have their focus in Latin America, but they wanted to make a little splash in the States. Yeah. And Miami was the perfect start for them. And The Rock was the perfect opportunity for them because there wasn't anything else going on. And I personally couldn't see any other way that they could have made a splash with how they did. And um, their involvement to start pretty much was, you know, they gave us a couple hundred dollars and gave us a bunch of product and said, you know, with this product and this money, um, we want you to do an unboxing video for us and we'd like to sponsor an event. 
and you know we made the unboxing video for them it's just getting finished and we took that money that they gave us and we put it for the we took all the money they gave us which was that few hundred dollars and put it as a prize pool for a tournament That's and awesome. yeah yeah it was dope so then we had like this $500 Fortnite tournament when usually our prize pools were like $200 and you know everyone just like crazy and like the post <laughs> got hella interaction and that event was super dope because you know people had a lot more to play for yeah and people were literally there calculating it like yo if I win I literally just made like $30, $40 an hour for being here right and that's pretty much how they started with us. And then since then, you know, they really haven't sponsored another prize for gave us more money, but we still do have all their products, you know, their headsets, their keyboards, their mouses, which we bring to every event and set it up and let people use it. Mm -hmm. And if they do bring their own things, you know, they're more than welcome to, but at least that's like a base of equipment that we have that people could use. Right. And timeline wise, when did they kind of step into the picture? Hmm. John, do you know this? Yeah, like four months ago, maybe. What's four months ago? Maybe. So, so like it wasn't July. like we got. It, yeah, it wasn't like we got any quick sponsors or anything. We were yeah. doing events for a few months, but um, yeah, so a couple months now they yeah. sponsored us, and they're actually in talks to sponsoring another event, which is cool too. That is no, I mean, I mean, even for how quick you guys got them. That's pretty awesome to get a sponsor that early and that, you know, obviously from the way you just described it, sounded pretty interested in everything you guys were doing. And so that's pretty cool to hear um, for some like you guys. Um, so let's I want to basically just go through and, and so that we can really dive deep into you guys events, really just what um, a typical day looks like on an event day. Um, so, you know, there's a different couple different things we can talk about here, but I guess we can just start with how early do you guys usually get there um to set everything up um you know how late do you guys stay typically like what's the timeline uh, for the yeah, event well, yeah yeah um, that's all you john <laughs> yeah that's that's fine. have fun bro um yeah the, a typical event day the thing is that it's it's been so f fluid uh but generally we start our day around eight o'clock i want to say um yeah. i in the yeah, eight in the morning. We usually, I usually have to drive over to Cody's, load up the van, load up the car. Um, it's hot in Miami, man. So yeah. the, first, the beginning of the day is just sweat, sweat, We're sweating sweat. balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get to the venue usually like around nine, nine thirty. Uh, sometimes, and it happens, like it, it honestly happens. We forget something, and like we'll get there at nine, nine thirty, and one of us has to go back, or we have to make multiple trips. Um, and then we just kind of get the ball rolling with setup. And setup usually takes up until about uh, noon. The thing is that for some of our venues, some space isn't available until afternoon. So we have to then set up between 12 and 1, get everything ready. Because at 1 o'clock, we start registration. Okay. Um, and registration is basically just free play. Like, hey, come in early. The earlier you get here, the more time you have to play with your friends and play on the setups and get to know the venue and like figure out how everything works so you're comfortable. So honestly, the venue opens at 12, and ideally we want to have people there at 12 already like trying to play and warm up and get ready for the tournament. Um, by 2 o'clock, we have our stream is generally ready to go, and we usually start calling out brackets. Um, 
around 2.15. Uh, generally, we use like from 2 to 2.15 to seed everybody, make sure that um, all the competitors are aware of what's going on. And generally around 2.15, we start the tournament, 2.30 at the latest. Uh, the tournament, honestly, it just goes on until about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And in some cases, like we've had really bad nights. We've had a lot of it, cases. A lot of cases <laughs> where... It, the the games just either it either takes too long or one thing that they that a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of technical difficulties that can happen when yeah. you're servicing that many people. So on PC side, for example, um, it took us a little bit to realize that every single time somebody plugs and unplugs their headphones, it causes a huge issue with the computer. Sometimes, like sometimes some players don't have sound when there was sound literally like five seconds before it's wow. very fickle so having things plugged in and out of your pc is an ideal and that's why having primus and the primus gear was so crucial for us because it gave us a baseline of very quality products that we can provide to everybody and receive no complaints like the quality on a lot the sound quality on a lot of the gear is very good it's a lot better than we had before right. um we had these like budget headphones for like 40 bucks and people are having sound problems um yeah. but little things like that can really back us up and the worst case was when we had to finish a tournament online and what was crazy oh, wow. about that day is that we kind of got kicked out of the venue because we took too long and mega tetra orange and all these guys were out there at the tournament like the tournament was great it looked fantastic they gave us a huge space but there was just issue after issue it was a very technically unsound day for us and we ended up leaving that day like at 10 10 30 got home around 11 30 after unpacking everything it was wow. it's it's crazy sometimes yeah, i've had a lot of events where i'm showing up home at midnight after working after waking up at eight in the morning yeah do you guys and i don't even know that knows, do you guys this is a side gig and you have a full-time job or, or kind of what's the situation there um so in my case i work full-time i'm a, a sales representative for Winwood Brewing. Okay. Um, uh, me personally, uh, I'm unemployed right now. I'm doing my master's program at FIU. Okay, got you. And I've hopped in and out of different part-time jobs, but my responsibility right now is rock and school. Yeah. No, and what I was getting at mainly for that is that, you know, you guys are grinding on a Sunday and, you know, one of you is working full-time, the other one's in school full-time. Well, you know what I'm saying? So, that's a grind on a Sunday, especially when, you know, the weekend for a lot of people is a rest day, especially on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. Our um, weekends are, are fucked because we have like since he works full time and then I have other things going on during the week with rock and with school and different stuff. Like we literally have meetings for rock every Saturday and then we have events on Sundays and, you know, he's working Monday through Friday. So <laughs> it's literally like there's no breaks. Like every other week we get like one day off type yeah. thing. Every yeah. other week we'll get like one Sunday off when we don't have an event. But other than that, it's like work and rock and meetings. Yeah. And, and then at that point someone always wants to do something. Yeah. 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 Oh, every so Sunday. Many, like opportunities that come up where, you know, like you want to call us to do a podcast and someone else wants to write a a blog about us and then someone else wants to talk about you know collaborating an event and yeah. so i have to spend a lot of time just talking to other people and talking about different opportunities that present itself but 
Yeah, since we started this, which it's almost a year now, we've just been, you know, rolling and work and, you know, just getting things done. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, you know, you're describing entrepreneurship really, really well. So did you guys, did either one of you kind of see that in yourself at one point that you're like, oh, you know, maybe I'll become an entrepreneur or is this just kind of something you guys have picked up along the way with all this? Um, yeah. For me, I don't know. For for me, I always wanted to own like a bar. Like that was my okay. my dream, my goal. I didn't, uh, I never expected it to be a lot of work. Like how much work? You know, you never expect as much work as as it is. Um, and so when Cody came to me with like esports, and I was like, "Can we open a bar?" He was like, "Fuck yeah, we can open a bar." I was like, "I'm all in. Like let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. that's funny. Yeah, and that's why like we really um like social gaming is one of our like key aspects of rock. Because from what we've seen is there's no place to go and watch esports and have a beer with your friend. And esports right now, viewership-wise, is on par with the NBA. It's getting close to other uh, titles. And it's crazy to us that there's no place to go and have a beer with your friend and watch the League of Legends finals or the Fortnite World Cup or the Overwatch playoffs and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on for pretty much ever with Counter-Strike and TFT and so many other different titles, Call of Duty being franchised now. So we really wanted to, you know, have a safe place and create a safe place eventually where social gamers could come together and, you know, just have a beer and meet people with similar interests and watch their favorite team play their rival team, you know? Yeah. And what we mean by like safe place is like you can walk in there and you can have a conversation about video games or you can have a conversation about sports and you know that like everybody there understands your hobbies. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's a negative stigma that comes attached to gaming and a lot of it is like uh, these nerdy antisocial kids that just like to stay at home and, and be in their cave and not talk to anybody or, um, you know, I mean, all of the negative stigmas that come attached to gamers. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that a gamer is anybody who likes video games. It could be somebody who plays 2k and could be like the most Jack dude that you've ever seen. Like all these NBA stars, NFL stars, like they love playing video games. It's a great thing to do. It's a wholesome thing to do in your off time because it's inexpensive and it doesn't really do anything negative to your body as long as you remain active throughout the day you know you need to still maintain at least an hour or two of activity throughout the day doing something working out going to the gym playing basketball soccer whatever whatever we slack on but (laughs) yeah we slack we slack on because we're busy yeah you guys are working pretty hard right now though so um it's and it's that's never an excuse honestly though you can always bring it in at at some point you just need to kind of train yourself and put it into your routine uh but yeah, there's there's no place for that kind of culture to build where it can be okay to play video games, but it's also okay to have a healthy lifestyle, you know. And if you're a hardcore gamer and gaming is what you love, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's just a right and a wrong way to go about it. And right. the right way is, you know, maintaining your, your health. The wrong way is, you know, letting yourself eat junk and fill yourself up with junk and negative thoughts and you know just brewing in your own negativity that's yeah. that's definitely what we don't want happening with um the gamers out here in miami because the culture is so so hidden like it's so yeah. underground down here yeah no and it sounds like you guys are trying to build the community aspect and the social experience um which you know you were talking about how 
you want somewhere you can watch, you know, League of League, League of Legends Championship, Call of Duty, whatever it may be. And, you know, it's no different than if you're a soccer fan, a volleyball fan, a basketball fan. Most people still want a social experience tied to it. And I think that people are starting to understand that it's no different in gaming, you know. Yeah. Um, other people might not get what's going on in a League of Legends game. But if you're a huge League of Legends fan and you play it a lot and you got a passion for it, um, there's a high likelihood you probably want that social experience, you know. There- there's plenty of people that go to sports bars and don't understand why somebody's so passionate about baseball or football or, or uh, basketball. Like plenty of people don't understand sports already, and yeah. esports is just another facet of that. It's another thing that's entertaining to a large group of people, and if they enjoy it, then you know why why crap on them for enjoying it. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And that's cool that you guys are are, are zoning in on that. Um. Well, let me let's get back to the to the event day. I know we kind of got sidetracked, but that was a great conversation. Um, I would like to know, and also for our listeners, how many people do you guys help putting on the event? So there's you two. Um, do you guys have a handful of other people helping you out? Yeah, literally okay. a handful. With me and John, we have a total of about like seven people. Wow. Okay. That Dang. that help us out. Help us events. being two, so yeah. like five more. Yeah, you know we have a Smash TO, we have our PC TO, uh, we have our console TO, and what a TO is, it's a tournament organizer. They pretty much run the bracket. They're the referee of esports. Um, so that's three, and then we have a guy taking pictures and filming, and then we have another guy commentating stream for Smash. Uh, we've we've and increased to like nine. So we have now. even more. We have even more people. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, we have like nine people now. No, that's awesome. I mean, that's cool. You guys got other people helping you out, though. You know, and it's not just yeah, yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Jovi. Jovi's been the biggest help, honestly, for us. Like, he came on randomly. He messaged us through like a mutual acquaintance and was like, "Yo, I used to be a pro Rainbow Six player. I I love esports. I want to get involved in it locally in Miami." And ever since then, man, it's it's like a match made in heaven. That guy, that guy works so hard yeah. and does yeah. so much for us. Like. In our minds and in our hearts, he's he's a co-founder for Rock. Like, um, he he should be on the call as the third person, but three people <laughs> might be too much for for a podcast. For yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, it's cool that you guys got passionate people, hardworking people, you know, along the way with you. Um, that's that's really cool to hear. Um, for the events, and I think you guys brought up the stream a bit. So, do you guys live stream the events any or no? Yeah, we do. We actually okay. we live stream generally. We always live stream Smash Bros. Um, there are rare, rare times where we pick another game if we um, if we're able to, like Fortnite. But mm-hmm. for the most part, our Smash has been the biggest hit. Like we consistently have 64 uh, plus contestants or, and competitors that come out and like are are competing for generally $500 every single time that we host the event. Wow. And so, okay, so hold on, let's go through that number again. So how many, you know, just rough estimate, how many people would go across all the games do you think you usually have come up as competitors that come out as competitors? And then how many just total competitors, general viewing, you know, all that? Um, competitors, we generally have about 80. Honestly, yeah, about 80 competitors uh, on average. And then we That's have awesome. about 30 people that view through the stream. And then every person generally brings like at least one person to watch with them. So uh, we estimate like we're around 200 people that 
are actively interacting at the venue um, or with the stream. Like about 200 is a solid number. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's honestly awesome because I know I've seen and, and I mean I'm sure you guys have searched through Instagram as well. There's a lot of people you know throughout the country that try to put up pop events and I mean you guys are doing really well in my opinion and that's one of the reasons you, you guys stuck out to me and that I want to have you on was. I think you guys are doing a really great job of getting people out there, you know, having high competitors, you know, I mean, you guys had phase mega show up to an event, um, which, you know, what was that? How did that even happen? Like, how did he find out about it? And that was all Cody, man. Cody's okay. a, a wizard. I don't know how he did it. Uh, <laughs> it's just luck. It happens. Um, Pretty much I reached out to this local professional player that I developed a relationship with at this um, gaming tournament that happened earlier in the year called Ultimate Gamer. Um, this kid, he's 16 years old and he's the he's like part of a team that's very clouded. They have like 300, 400,000 followers and they're doing pretty big things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got to know me because my brother was pretty known in the Fortnite scene he was at like 30k followers at the time something like that so they oh, knew wow. each other and then i ended up getting second place in that Fortnite tournament out of 150 people and i won like three grand for it and i made a couple relationships with these people um him and also creo a world cup qualifier who's a yeah. million now um but so i pretty much dm'd them like yo are you gonna finally come out to this event whatever and, um, you know, he's a young kid. He didn't really want to buy a ticket. So I was like, yo, I'll get you a ticket. And then, you know, like a day later, he messaged me like, yo, Mega wants to go too. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad uh, <laughs> And I was like, okay. And then next thing you know, Mega like DMs us. And he's like, yo, can I still go to the tournament tomorrow? And then I was like, yeah, of course, dude. Let's go. Let's ride. Yeah. And he ended up coming through and super humble kid, dude. Um, all the little like professionals, we had like three or four professionals come and they're all like pretty humble and like really genuine, just talking to all the people there, you know, taking pictures of people yeah. and just having a good time more than anything. Cause they were also competing in the event and they just had like loads of fun, like competing. Cause that's in their blood you know, that's why they're professionals. Right. And, to be able to come land and just see people and have fun and run around and then play a game every now and then and win money. It's just, it's a good time. Right. No, that's, that's such a cool, that's a cool story. I'm sure it was a cool experience to have them there. How did they yeah. do out of curiosity? Cause I don't know if I ever saw it on Instagram. How did they end up doing <laughs> Bro, it, so, it was crazy. It, that, the, the craziest thing happened was that mega got dropped to losers. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was dope because, um, mega and his partner, they won like their first set and then their next set i was i was i w- it wasn't even until their next set but i was just letting them know like yo you guys have competition and i was pointing at these kids that would come to our tournaments from like the first tournament that we had uh-huh. and from watching that kid play the first time i ever saw him play like me and john had this joke where we called him mini tifu cuz oh. he was just disgusting like he was just <laughs> really nasty and him and his partner, we just, like, I had a respect for both of them because I've seen them play and I knew they were good. So I was telling, like, Mega and and users, like, yo, you're going to have to be careful for those two. Like, Mini Chief over there is freaking disgusting. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I check bracket 
and they're the second match playing against each other. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, shit. <laughs> so then it turns out that um, these two kids, uh, their name are Casker and Raven, Mini T- a.k.a. Mini Tifu and Raven. And they beat Mega and Users and knocked them to Losers Bracket in this double elimination competition. Uh-huh. And then um, the other two pros were Orange and Tetra. And they actually ended up winning all the way to the grand finals in the winner's bracket. And then Mega and Users made the climb from the loser's bracket all the way to the grand finals. And then from there, they had to beat the other professional team twice. And they did. They beat them twice. Oh, wow. And they actually won. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. That's pretty wild. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's not even like, yeah, it's not even like, yo, just beat them two games. Like, you have to beat them in a five set, a five game set twice. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. So, that's pretty funny story. Did it. <laughs> it's, and, and, you know, I mean, across all, obviously all games and all that, you've got so much talent. But, you know, I mean, me personally, full disclosure, I keep up the most with Fortnite just because I love it. And, you know, I love the competitive scene and all that. And, I mean, it's just wild the amount of talent that there is right now in Fortnite where, like, some kid out in the middle of nowhere that you've never heard of before um, I'm not saying that these guys were, I'm just saying, you know, as a general example, like there could be some kid out there you've never heard of before and he just pops off. And the next thing you know, he's just this known player and you've never heard of him before. Oh uh, yeah. Um, the, the, the competition is just crazy right now in Fortnite. Um, yeah, that's the thing with the competitive environment in Fortnite. Cause it gives anyone the opportunity to like make it. Um, I won't say it's fair in like squads or trios or anything. Cause if you're not a known player, like you're not likely to have, a good team right. at least in solos like that's all you it's all exactly. you man all how much practice you put into it how much time you put into it what's your mindset going into it and you know if you show yourself to the light those people on twitch are gonna you know they're not gonna grab your hand they're gonna grab your entire body and, <laughs> and give you that spotlight right yeah no definitely which is definitely. dope it is it's, it's cool how you have the the quick opportunity yeah. Um, so the last thing I think I want to highlight real quick before we move away, like from the actual event scene is, and I know you guys have it on your Instagram, but you know, just say, for example, we got people listening and they haven't checked out the Instagram page yet. What do the prize pools look like typically for the, for the different games you guys have? Um, it, it, a lot of it depends on how many people sign up, but we advertise based on like what our average brackets are. So, for example, our Smash tournament is average 64, and that turns into a $500 um, prize pool. Uh, what makes us different from other local events is that typically other locals do 50-50, um, and we operate on a 75-25. So we take less money for our expenses um, and give more back to the community. And so based on, based on that, it generally like $500, $350 is the average prize pool for one of our tournaments. That's awesome. No, and that's a good, you know, segue into what we're going to talk about next, which was the community aspect. And I know this is really important to you guys. So that's cool that you highlight that, you know, you guys are giving way more back to the competitors to build that, you know, authentic community experience. So um, I know when I talked to you guys off the mic, you know, about the importance of building a community, this was big for you guys. So I kind of just let you, um, you know, why is it so important to you, you know, for, for both of you guys to just kind of elaborate on that. Take it away, John. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of it stems from, like, our background, you know. 
we didn't have really a place where we we all could shine in our in our favorite hobby so we wanted to create that that community that center that place that gamers can call their own their home outside of home you know right. a place where gamers can come together and have that discourse and have um talk and share and honestly be wrong sometimes because it's okay to be wrong like um, a lot of people get so used to being right that when they're wrong, they react negatively to it. And that you can say that that's an endemic issue within gaming because you're kind of in your own echo chamber when you're playing at home and you think everything you do is right or um, you don't have anybody to guide you or give you tips and then try to train you or teach you um, and have a mentor, you know. Um, some some kids, you know, they don't really ha the reason they turn to gaming is because they don't really have a mentor and they're looking for other people to interact with and having a physical mentor that you can see and you can plan and be with physically is such a huge part of, you know, just being human, being a person uh, and being a part of the world as a, as a whole. Um, so kind of creating our own land center where we can uh, let these kids shine, have give them a safe space like we were talking about. Um, you know, having that social aspect with a bar, we want to do like quick service food and and find a place that's central here in Miami and based out of Miami, so that we can start building a, a strong regional community down here. Because uh, you can't, we can't let everything be out on the West Coast. You know, uh, all right. the scene right now is is California or or New York, um, and Miami. Miami is usually late to trends, so we wanna we wanna be early on this one and and try to try to build that community up and try to get those pros out there because there's a lot of nasty nasty gamers out here in florida um they just they don't have anywhere to shine they don't have a platform and so we want to give them that platform so they can shine and um hopefully rock shines next to them uh if it doesn't that's fine too uh, we don't mind being in the shadows and and helping these kids you know become a part of the gaming culture and gaming society yeah no, I think that that's a solid answer. Um, and I agree, you know, a lot of it is really just in Cali and, and New York right now. And, you know, I'm in Tampa, so I'm not far from you guys. And, you know, I don't know too much about Miami. You, you guys have kind of explained the esports and gaming scene to me a bit in Miami. But I think we're similar in that Tampa is also there's some people trying to push for it. And, and we got definitely some some leaders that are going for it. But like you're saying, it's not even up to par to some other states and cities. So. Um, it's cool to know that you guys are down there and, and trying to bring awareness and a platform and build a community for all that. It's cool to know that there's someone else in the state and I know there's other people doing it, um, but that you guys are really pushing for that. So that's cool to hear. Um, and so for the venue, I mean, I know you just kind of touched on it lightly. Do you guys, how do you guys envision that in the future? I know you've talked about having a bar service. Do you basically just want it to be like a, a full on social experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, we, we want you to, you know, four hours is usually what most people, the amount of time most people give for entertainment. Um, that's pretty standard, pretty average. And we want to be able to give you four hours of a different experience. You know, maybe it's an hour or two on a computer or on a console. Maybe it's an hour, um, you know, having dinner and a conversation with somebody and maybe grabbing drinks afterwards to see whatever game is, is online, um, you know. It could be sports, it could be physical sports, it could be esports. You know, there's always an event going on somewhere, and it because of Twitch and because of what streaming platforms um, have become, it it really makes it easy to to provide content and provide you know something to keep you entertained and something to always have a conversation about. Um, the cool thing about what we want to do is like 
you can be a sports fan and you can still be an esports fan. So you could easily right. switch from a conversation about, you know, the Miami Heat or the Lakers and, you know, switch it up to talk about, you know, FaZe Clan and, you know, Optic or somebody right. that's just facing off right now in the Call of Duty, you know, world championships. You know, it's anything it's it's such a wide range and just having those the ability to talk about that and have a discussion about multiple topics is just the big the big key of what we want to do. It's a community right. center like the YMCA. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that's important that you touch on, you know, that you can talk gaming, you can talk esports, and you can be a fan of both because I don't know, I see it sometimes in both, you know, traditional sports. People will be like, Oh, you can only like traditional sports and then I see it in gaming to where people are like oh, if you like gaming and traditional sports, you're not a true gamer. And I think it's more people need to talk about the fact that you can have a huge passion for both. Um, you know, I know for myself and, and for others, that's definitely the case. And so that's cool that you guys um, are kind of voicing that too in, in you know, a future venue maybe. Um, the last thing I think we want to talk about before we move to the lightning round and kind of start to wrap things up is just give us a quick overview. And I know we've kind of touched on it lightly, but what does the gaming scene and you know the esports scene all that kind of look like right now in Miami from your from your guys perspective of course um mm. so i mean it's it's pretty bright the future's bright i want to say there's some other companies out there competing um and trying to like get in on the scene um i f- i feel like uh i don't know if it's like bad to say but i kind of feel like we started a trend where mm-hmm. after we came out and we started doing these events, other companies kind of started sprouting up and other esports organizations became a little more prevalent. Uh, it could be that we started a trend or it could be at least here in Miami or it could be that we're now being fed more information on the esports scene. But like I've seen a couple of teams pop up recently and other organizations that want to host local events here in Miami, which is it's honestly dope. Um, I mean, recently on the news, there was the announcement that they're building a a video game racing arena here in Miami, which is crazy because like we never thought about that as a demographic for our esports bar or land center. You know, they never thought about racing games being an esport. But in reality, yeah, (laughs) racing real cars (laughs) is a sport. So racing video cars is an eSport. It just mm-hmm. it, like we didn't make that association until that announcement came out and realized, wow, there's a complete other you know demographic that we haven't even thought about that exists in the field that we want to you know be successful in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, it's it's crazy. I've seen e-cycling now where like you can be a cyclist in a video game. I mean, it's, it's funny because like, you go back to how we were talking earlier to like gaming a couple of years ago. You know, you had to almost like be quiet about it. Now it's like they're trying to turn everything into a game. It's, it's in your face every Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, no, that's awesome. And uh, so before we move to the Lodge's Light 7 is there, I always, you know, give the guests an opportunity before we completely move away to kind of the conclusion. Is there anything that we didn't mention or cover regarding rock or anything that you guys wanted to bring up or or you think we covered it? I'm pretty sure we covered it, Cody. Yeah, okay. we're good. All right, cool, cool. Um, so the way that the podcast always ends is what I call the Lodge's Light 7. So these are seven questions that are just kind of a fun and and chill way to end the podcast for our listeners to get to know you guys a little bit more on a personable level. Um, 
So since I have two guests, uh, we get to hear answers from both of you guys. So however, what order, whatever order you guys want to go in first, we'll kind of just start with the first question, um, which is if you are about to take a flight, what snack do you grab before boarding? Damn. Or like a car, like a long, you know, road trip, you know, whatever. Like what's your travel snack, I guess. Ooh, I'll for sure pass by Dunkin' Donuts and get like a bagel with sausage. Nice. Something like that. Or a bagel, egg, and sausage. Those are good. Guaranteed every time? Damn. Yeah, like if I'm going to go to Orlando <laughs> or something and I'm going to take a road trip and I need I need some food, yeah, I'll pass by super quick and then eat my, my sausage bagel on the road or, on, on, or before the flight or whatever. Yeah. I feel you because mine is the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle, man. That thing is Ooh. so good. Ooh. It's so good. I, I hate myself <laughs> that I love it, bro, but it's so good. <laughs> no, those are good. Um... Nice. All right. So second question is if you could be the host of any TV show. So whether that's like a game show, you know, someone said Ellen on the last podcast episode, you know, if you could be the host of a show, what show would you guys pick? Hmm. Oh, I, w- I would want to be on SportsCenter. I okay. think that'd be dope. Nice. I like I w- that. I actually never even thought about that. That would be a good one. Um, no, I'm really not sure. You don't know? Okay. <laughs> okay. I've never thought about being a host on a TV show. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Oh, um, like start up the show and have a host. <laughs> hey, that that works too, though. That's a creative answer. Yeah. Um. All right. If you guys could pick anyone to hang out with, so a single person, dead or alive, to hang out with for a day, who would you choose? Drake. Nice. Okay. Two chains. Okay. I, I, I just think he's. Nah, Two Chains is so funny, dude. He has, Where you been, dog? He has a little dude. Two Chains has a little dog called Trappy, and oh, I'd be uh, down to chill Snoop Dogg too. Snoop Dogg does look really chill to hang out with, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's funny. All right, cool. Two two hip hop names. I like it. Um, all right. So this one's always kind of interesting, and it's a, it's kind of the harder question of the seven. But if you could cover any sports. So, you know, I've been telling people traditional sports, esports, whatever, who of all top time players, who would be your Mount Rushmore? So who would be your top four players of all time on your list? Like skill wise or just interview wise? Skill wise, interview wise, whoever, you know, whoever you think is the best, you know, or whatever it may be. Damn, there's so many different titles. Like your favorite, you know what I'm saying? Like your favorite like, four players. Yeah. So for Fortnite, I'd probably interview Booga. I've been watching his stream since he won World Cup and he's absolutely disgusting and I actually really yeah. enjoy watching him. For like League of Legends or something, I would definitely interview like Doublelift or Bjergsen or something like that. Because those are just like super OG players that are still in the scene, just still dominating, still well known. Um, if it was like a Korean player or something, I would, I would love to meet Faker. Okay, he's like, he's like <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> He's a god of League of Legends, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Your turn, John. <laughs> um, I said four there, I guess. I mean, for basketball, for me, I mean, I, I would want to interview D Wade, honestly. Nice. Yeah. D Wade is is a champ, man. Uh, for league, uh, I'm gonna go Insect since he took Faker, because okay. Insect is just nasty. Like, if I could have a translator. And just figure out like how he does those crazy like Lee Sin plays, or how he did them, um, bro. I, that'd be crazy. I just want to watch because <laughs> the keys for that shit is crazy. Um, 
I guess for for football, Dan Marino. Nice. Yeah, he'd be a cool person to talk to. And I mean, he's on TV all the time too, so that's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Fortnite. I think I'd want to interview Nick Merckx. He seems oh, like a pretty cool person. Bro, my favorite favorite streamer, Fortnite player, everything. Nick Merckx. Nick Merckx is dope. He just seems yeah. like a dope yeah. person. He he yeah. like he's kind of like that guy. that sports fan slash professional gamer that, right. that I mentioned. Like he he loves Michigan football. Guy. Right. He's just he's <laughs> like. It's, it, that that's some not somebody that somebody would think was a gamer. If you like right. pointed at them and was like, "Yo, that by the way, that guy right there, that's a professional video game player. Like he makes a bunch of money playing video games." Yeah. <laughs> no, he was the first Twitch stream I ever like when I first found Twitch. He was the first Twitch stream I've ever come across. Dude's had my sub since, and he's like by far the number one guy I watch across any streamers. I love yeah, love his stuff. Yeah, I'd um, love to interview like Banks or something too. That'd be sick. That would be. Yeah. Um, all right, cool, cool. Uh, so this one's simple. Are you guys a cat or dog person? Dog. Yeah, dog. dog. We both have dogs. Nice. What kind of dogs do you guys have? Um, I have two tiny dogs. I have a teacup Yorkie and I have a Pomeranian Shiba. Nice. And then I've got a toy poodle. Oh boy. All right. Cool, cool. Um... This one's another deeper one, so we got two left. This one, one other one. Uh, this one is, if you could ask God one question, what would you ask him? You can go light or deep on this. I've had people with some really deep answers. I've had people with some really light answers. Um, I know it's tough, though. It's a deeper damn, question. Damn, that, that one's rough. <laughs> that one is rough. If I could ask God one question, what would it be? No, baby, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? You don't have any questions? <laughs> this one gets everybody. It'll be good. I'll ask him what's the what's the cure to cancer. Okay. Nice. Um, I'll ask him if there are like, can he can he like get us to the next alien race? Like, I want to meet new aliens. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I want our planet destroyed. I want, I want him, I want him to like take us to like other people. Like, there's got to be another planet with life, you know? That's yeah, take until, us to, they, until they take us to those hold, people. Like, the Call of Duty death ray to your face. Take <laughs> me to your leader. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, that you know, I always it's funny to think about you know what else is out there. So that would be pretty cool to see. Um, and the last one, I think this is kind of ending on an easier note. The last question is, if you could be the stars, you know, the character in any movie, um, what character would you be? The star of any other movie? Yes. Yeah, so like, I'll give you an example. Like, for me, like, I love the Fast and Furious series. So, like, I would pick, like, Paul Walker, like, if that helps. Yeah, yeah I got you. Mm. Can I be Spider-Man? Yeah, I'm okay with yeah. Spider-Man. Nice. Definitely. Or TV show, I guess. I should probably throw that in there. TV show, movie. TV show or movie, I'd be Jon Snow. Nice. Nice. So sorry. <laughs> Damn, bro. You're going to freeze your nuts off. <laughs> Whatever, bro. That was awesome. Well, that was fun. Hey, that was cool. I've never, obviously, you guys are my first. First to have two guests on at the same time, so that was fun to get two different answers along the way. Um, uh, but anyways, thank you guys. 
you know, again, for coming on here, you know, talking about your guys' story, everything you're doing down in Miami with Rock, um, you know, just some esports and gaming talk in general. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Where can anyone that wants to follow you on social media, you know, where can they find you on Twitter, Instagram, all that? So uh, all of our handles are going to be R-O-K, Rock, no C in there, R-O-K, Esports, on everything, Twitter, IG, if you go to www.rokesports.com, Twitch, everywhere. Hit us with that follow. Nice. Nice. Well, John and Cody, appreciate it again. Thank you guys uh, for coming on. And to all our listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as well. And we'll catch you next time on the Lodges Podcast. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Later, no. boys. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you for your time, Lodge. <laughs> no problem. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. You can find us on social media at Lodges underscore financial. Please go check out our social pages where you can find lots of other great content committed to gaming and esports. This is also the best place to be kept up to date with everything going on at Lodges. Thanks, and you were just listening to the Lodges podcast.